Well, now, who are some of the doctors that you remember, Dorothy? Uh, Doc Hoskins, Dr. Dr. Uh, Do you remember Dr. Arkeel Conlon? Who? Arkeel Conlon. Mm -hmm. He may have been in Bayville before your time. He was there at Bayville, Al Rogers out there, up too. We had a couple of doctors out on the ridge out there. Doctor, I went to Doctor Hoskins one time, and uh, uh, I'm in eighth grade. Well, it was between the summer of eighth grade freshman year in high school. They had a bunch of us down playing the creek, swimming, and all that. We had some girls along. So old macho man was diving in the creek and cracked his knee, sort of like I did out front here, <laughs> and it hurt like the dickens. But I wasn't about to admit that it did. I just kept on swimming and all this. And this was up late in the summer, and it got to the point there where I was having an awful lot of trouble out of my knee. And I think Mom and Dad thought I was just uh, slacking, you know, and trying to get out of cutting the back and all that. One morning I got up and couldn't get my pants on because my left leg had swollen so badly. And I went, Mom brought me to town to see Dr. Hoskins down here. And he took one look at it, and he got one of these big old lace bandages, wrapped it up to that blame tight. I felt like a mummy. And that went on for about two days, and I thought I was going to die. And one of the neighbors told Mom about uh, uh, Dr. Broadus down there. We'd go to see Dr. Broadus, and Jim Broadus. And, oh, he's probably still cussing Dr. Hoskins. He said, Dr. Hoskins almost cost you your leg. And do you know that he operated on that leg right there and he had a shot? And uh, I'd fractured that leg and it had blood poison in there. And he laid it open right in there. I mean, he gave me the stuff to numb it and everything right in the office. Well, there was some other guy in there he'd had in there was working on him before that I got in there. There was some guy, big old guy, he was a grown man. He was hollering and screaming to carry on and all that. I asked him, I said, here, I was a kid 13 years old, you know, what's that fellow hollering about? Adoc said he dropped a rock on his toe. Well, I said, is all that hollering helping him any? He said, no. Well, I, he said, you can holler if you want to. I said, well, if it didn't help him anyway, it'll be you. <laughs> but it, uh, it wasn't that bad. He did a great job. Well, Dr. Broadus, my first doctor I could ever remember was Dr. Beckman on Boonville, but um, we lived in Boonville then. And he was a really good doctor, he really was. But then my first experience with a doctor that had really good memories was Dr. Bryce. And about four years ago, I took a class under Mitchell Toll, the artist in Berea. And we're doing these watercolors and the guy that's sitting next to me, we, you know, we get in this conversation talking and he wanted to know where I was from and I said, Babyville, Lee County, and he said, oh, well, my uncle used to be a doctor there. And I said, well, what was his name? He said, Dr. John Broadus. And I said, well, he was my doctor growing up. And I said, he is still alive, living in Boston, he and his wife both. They're in close to 100, I but they're both they still. I coast somewhere, but I never did know where they Yeah, live. in Boston yeah. is where they live. That's where she was from. Huh? I think she was from around there. Yeah, I think she was from up east someplace. <coughs> well, that was an experience with him. Mitchell Toll, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I've got a few of his works there. I'll tell you what, he's a beautiful. Artist. He does, and he oh, is. He was, uh, a 
strange that in Grace's time about the some organization they sell on these throws Lee County. Yeah. And she said that uh, her name was given and she got a call down there at the bank and they ordered Miss Thoreau and said that uh, he was from Pennsylvania. No, Massachusetts. Boston. Boston. Yes, Boston. And uh, he's wanting to get it for his dad that his dad used to be, uh, had practice yeah. at doctor. Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, well, who am I talking to? And he told her, and she said, Lousy. She said, I've changed your diaper many a time. <laughs> <laughs> but she had taken care of all those kids. Yeah. Those, and well, you had a bunch. The best and they were both still living at that time. Yeah. Well, four years ago they were still living. But what I remember about Dr. Bonds, he smoked one cigarette right after the other. He was real thin, though, already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, I've got a couple old bottles up there at the museum. It's got Dr. Evans' name on them. He's written down. Now, well, who I've was his picture. office? I don't know where his was at. But I've got a picture. Dr. Evans? Mm-hmm. Right there where Tom Holland's office is. Not Tom, but the, the one that, Well, it's all Tom's now. It's on the right-hand side. Yeah, well, yeah. Phase. Yeah. Yeah. Phase. Yeah. Okay. It's on the right-hand side. Okay. I've got a picture of a hunting party in Wisconsin. And two of the people in there was Dr. Evans. And uh, Dr. Arkeel Compton, I was talking about, and it, the picture on it said a uh, group of doctors and hunters from Beattyville, Kentucky, and I think they had 18 or 20 deer strung up on a, a fence across there. Would you know there. that Tomlinson person? That's your family. No, he was big, heavy, set full of a big old black handlebar mustache. Talking about Dr. Evans, he, his word was, "I say, I say." Anytime you say anything to him, he'd say, I say, I say. <laughs> Somebody ran into his office one day and said, uh, Hey, Doc, uh, Charlie Beach has robbed the bank. He said, He's left, took every dime that the bank had. He said, I say, I say, when they catch you, he'll still have it all. <laughs> <laughs> I can just hear him say that. Yeah. I say, I say. We had, he had the, his son-in-law was a dentist at the time that he was here. Well, well I think he was on the label because he, he made my mom's teeth. I think Dr. he was Bowen. on the other side. Dr. Evans's. Yeah. People used to go to a lot of extremes to pull teeth. I was the uh, only dentist that most outside of the Western movies had Doc Holliday, the only dentist I've heard of. But the fellow that usually pulled the teeth was the town barber. But he had the sharp tools, and uh, he usually pulled the teeth. Now, they did have these medicine shows to go around where they'd sell these fat medicines. And the guy that would do that would pull teeth, and he'd have some old Indian dancing around there in a headdress doing these war whoops. And, and he had guaranteed painless extraction of that Indian. But, Supposed to make a louder noise than you was scraping. <laughs> but the dentist was the, the, the damn barber. But now people out in uh, farming areas and all that, a lot of times they had to depend upon themselves. And one of the favorite tricks was to tie a string around that tooth. 
tie it to a ramrod and stick it down in an old muzzle load rifle. Shoot that thing out there. There you go. Sometimes. <laughs> they also think about it. You can also <laughs> climb up the barn law fair, bring the anvil up there, you tie the tooth to there, tie it to the anvil, and drop it out of the barn. Now, it might take your job off with it. But. <laughs> well, you take a string, you take an old crochet line that they used to have, old fishing line with Medicine's come a long way. <laughs> Sounds like a wild card. All kinds of empty drugs doesn't pull your teeth. Now, you know what I said out here earlier here, most of this old home remedy stuff and everything, before the 1950s rolled around, most of the people got better in spite of the doctor they got, not because of it, you know. You just didn't go to the doctor. Well, they weren't, they weren't going to do a whole heck of a lot if you did go to them. Until they invented penicillin and sulfur drugs and stuff, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot they could do for you. Okay, I want to tell you this story. It's not a story. It's something, it's really, all my life, this has haunted me. I think about it several times during the year, I think about it. I was, Dr. Broadus used to be up there below where Forrest Price, you know, where he lived up there, his, his office was there. That's where his office was when uh, Gary Brewer's dad was killed in the mines, because I remember uh, when they brought him in. But anyway, he moved his office down there. It would be, um, well, it's where the new bank, where the bank building is yeah. now. There was, his office was in there. That's where I went. Yeah. Okay, so my mother, I was obviously sick or else she would not have taken me to the doctor because, you know, she had her own remedies. And uh, but so she took me down to see Dr. Broadus. There was a child in that office, and I later saw him in the car, like a 52 Chevrolet, and a black 52 Chevrolet. And this child, and you might remember this, Dorothy, I don't know, but... He had a huge head. I mean, his head was like this big and this small body. Do you ever remember someone like that? Yeah. I've never forgotten that child. I mean, I because when we came out of there, I said, Mama, what's wrong with him? I mean, it really affected me to see this child like that. And she said, well, he has water on the brain. And whether that was funny, it was wrong with him, I don't know. but. But you remember a child like that? I remember that, that one, and I remember one when we lived down at Rice Station. There was a child came to school like that. So I hadn't seen that before. Yeah. Well, that has haunted me all my life. I think about that child. I'm sure he's, you know, didn't live very long. But uh, I remember him being in this car and looking out the back window, and I'm looking at him coming out of the doctor's office, and he's in that car. And his eyes are looking straight at me. But I mean, you, it was something wrong with him. You knew oh, yeah, there was something yeah. wrong with him. So, what do you think that would be? Well, Mama said it was water on the brain, so. whatever that is. I I, I'm sure it has another name. But and there was another person that has. Well, actually, there were two more that I thought about all my life. And one was Bobby Brandenburg. Do you remember Bobby Brandenburg? Yeah. Is he the one that's the same Bobby Brandenburg one night down there? 
We, we had our office down there in Fay Holland's building. We were getting ready to leave town, and I didn't get about 14 below zero that night. And it was already starting to get dark. And for whatever reason, Linda said, let's go down through town as we were getting ready to leave. We got in the car, we drove down through town, and down turn around, come back up the street there. And we were passing our building there. Linda went to pound on the screen and stopped the car, stopped the car, and what, what was going on? And she said, there's somebody laying there in that alley. And there to the left of Faye's building. And we went back there and there's Bobby laying there. And we covered him up and called the ambulance and everything. And he probably froze to death there that night. Linda hadn't seen him in, in there. My, my heart always went out to him. Um, he never quit, though, he he didn't, and I, you know, I would see him walking, and you know how he walked, it had to be painful. And one day I was here, I was visiting, and this was after I guess it was in the summertime or whatever, and I was going across the bridge, and he was walking across the bridge, and I thought, I'm going to pick him up. I had a little yellow Volkswagen. Getting him in that little yellow Volkswagen <laughs> was not the easiest task in the world. So I stopped on the bridge and got out of the car, and I said, Bobby, I'm going to take you home. And you know, the smile on his face, I'll just never forget that smile on his face. We got him in that car. I didn't know where he lived. But he lived over in Proctor, and then you had to turn up another road and up on this hill or whatever. But I, I often I often think of, of Bobby. Yeah. We'd uh, watch Bobby, and it'd be real hot, and he'd be on the street. We'd buy him pop, take it out there or something, you know, and catch and him and John, Big John, up at the uh, rest home up there, and uh, we always kind of watched after him. We give him, we give him ten newspapers in the morning. He'd go down through town selling for a dollar a piece, <laughs> then he'd go over to the uh, Apco, and he told me one morning he bought seventy-five papers there. I said, I've got to get that guy to be my vice president in charge of marketing. <laughs> he get a dollar piece out of 50 cent papers. Now, he was great at selling newspapers, but he, he didn't know much about investments. He invested all his cash in people blowing They'd have to raise him up the rest of them every now and then. And we, we fooled around with him for years. Us and Tom Holland, we'd take him to the wrestling matches and all sorts of stuff around there. But one day, I'd come in from somewhere and uh, Josh and Jeff Cornett was in there and they was talking to John. And John was in there and he going on and on and on. He had him a big old bright yellow fluorescent coat on. And John left there and I was joking with the boys. I said, one thing we don't have to worry about, John out in traffic and then so help me. He walked right up to the red light up there in the car and knocked him bug wagon up there. <laughs> Tom Hall and Rick Johnson was the first one to him. And, uh, Tom got a five dollar bill out and waved it under his nose and he didn't respond. <laughs> but they never would let him out much after that. Well, do you remember Bobby as an ex as an example for my children to be nice to? Because whenever Mike started school, of course he had been in the first four or five years and kids making fun of him and stuff. And I, I told them, if you see anybody making fun of him or laughing, I said, you have my permission to whip him, to fight. Yeah. I, I don't believe in fighting, but that's one time I said, yeah. you fight over. So I was talking about Tom Cockrum a while ago. Me and Tom Cockrum and Glenn Wilson and all of them. We all grew up up there in the St. Helens community and went and uh, went to school together. We were always picking at one another and everything. 
and uh, well, at the same time that Tom had that brain surgery, well, Sam Arnold had heart surgery out there, and the word on the street was that now for the first time, everybody knew that Tom had a brain and Sam had a heart. Glenn <laughs> <laughs> Wilson come in right out the next day after Tom had had that uh, brain surgery, and Glenn come in there and he was really worried, and he said, Bobby, he said, I'm awful worried about Tom, we may lose him. I said, what's the matter with Glenn? He said, well, his brain was swelling on him bad. Well, I knew he ain't got to worry about it. He's going to bring the size of a BB and a hit BB. <laughs> <laughs>